Welcome to the Jerry Acuff Show. I'm Jerry, your host, and I started this podcast to bring to you people who are doing incredible things. I've always been fascinated by those who have found their greatness, and I'm excited to share the secrets of their success. Let's meet today's guest. I am super excited to have today's guest, Casey Haston. Uh, Casey is one of the most interesting person I've met personally in a long time, and she and I only met a couple of weeks ago, but we instantly connected, at least in, in my mind. Casey is the recruiting manager for VIP Search and Solutions Group. She's what I would call an intrapreneur. And uh, entrepreneurs, everybody knows what entrepreneurs are. They're people that, you know, have great ideas and, and they execute those ideas. Entrepreneurs are people that are uh, doing unusual things to have wild success inside of companies. And that's why I think she's an entrepreneur. And this show is really designed to talk about people that have had phenomenal success uh, and to find out what are the things that they do to make themselves successful. Um, so anyway, so, in, you know, in, in an entrepreneur is somebody who's doing entrepreneurial things in a traditional company. And Casey certainly fits that, uh, that mold. She's been a recruiter prior to this and then spent uh, 11 years or so as a CFO of a sports services company. She's a member of the Addison, Texas Rotary Club. Uh, and she is one dynamic lady. I will tell you that. You'll know that in about three minutes. Welcome, Casey, to the Jerry Acuff Show. Thank you, Jerry. I'm so, so excited and honored that you invited me to be on your show. I have, like, binged on your podcast since I met you. So <laughs> well, I think I've listened to all of them. Well, that may hurt you. But anyway, uh, <laughs> well, you know, I actually spoke to, to, to your group, as, and, and, and that's, how we, that's how we met. But what really impressed me was your group and the way your group sort of gelled uh do me a favor and give our audience a little bit about what you do when you're not working so when i'm not working it's really important to me that i disconnect which is hard when you're in cells to disconnect at right. any time but when i'm not working i like to focus on um my causes i have some causes that i like to support um i'm a very active member in the addison midday rotary um, and I keep getting more and more active every single day. Um, I am an avid bicyclist. So one of my uh, greatest, um, not greatest achievements, but a pretty big one was um, I completed the Hotter Than Hell last year. And for those of you that don't know what that is, it is literally hotter than hell. Sorry for cussing. <laughs> but it, um, it's the last weekend of August every year in Wichita Falls, Texas. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's 100 miles. Good gosh. Yes. So that was a really big accomplishment for me to do that. Wow. So so bicycling, service projects, it's kind of what I do when I'm not working. Well, um, now you're leading a team of people that do high-level placement of CFOs, comptrollers, that sort of thing. Am I correct? Yes. It, and not just the high levels. We do all levels of accounting, finance, audit, and tax okay so we can we'll find your staff accountant we'll find your cfo we'll find your director of internal audit whatever you need if it's related to those areas we work on it that's not easy work no <laughs> so what would you what would you say are the two or three biggest challenges that your team faces daily um probably convincing people of our worth and i love one of the terms that one of my team or one of my team has coined lately she's like she's always saying be the hundred dollar bill don't be the dollar right 
And I love that because so many people view recruiters as extras. And we're really very valuable in your search because we know people. Right. We know lots of people. And we can help you get into those companies that you want to target probably better than you could just by sending a resume because I call sending it to the black hole. Right. If you're sending those online, that's where they're going. And so people tend to treat you like you're a slimy salesman maybe, you know, when in fact we offer a great service to our candidates. But trying to convince them that you're that $100 bill instead of the dollar, that's a challenge sometimes. Is it fair to say that your business is really built on your – and this is a gross oversimplification, but in many ways it's built on the power of your network? 100%. Is that correct? Yes. And one of the things that I try to teach my team right now is don't don't think you're going to make money off that person you talk to today. Right. You know, just a quick story. When I hired Hannah, we were doing a LinkedIn training in our conference room, and um, we had it up on the big board, you know, so everybody could see it. Well, it was Hannah and I. And I got an email from a guy, and he goes, hey, Casey, I need you to call me right now because I have a job for you. I, I need you to fill this job for me. And Hannah's like, God, that's so easy. You know, people just send you right. in-mails and ask you to work on their jobs. And I'm like, but what you don't see is that I've worked for that guy for four years. Right. And I've never earned a dime off him. Is that right? Four years to earn money off him. Yeah. And I did. I played, I found the wow. perfect person for him. I, you know, I love that story. I mean, I'm, I'm going to San Diego next week to speak to a group of 50 or 60 people in uh, about, about sales. And uh, it took me nine years to land this guy as a client. Yeah, don't give up. And now he's been a huge client and one of my, my closest friends in the world, you know, but, but so much of, of my success has really been built on, on my network. Mm-hmm. I, I, is it hard to get uh, people who have these job openings to understand the depth and the quality of your network? Um, I, at this point in my career, no. If you'd asked me when I first started, yes. Right. You know, now it's kind of, um, you know, but you have to build that trust. You have right. to build those relationships. And you want to be the first person they call when they <laughs> – you know, have a need, whether it's needing a new job or needing someone to work for them. Right. So I think at this point, just because I do have a little bit of a name in the industry, it's a lot easier, but I can see, you know, my new people struggling with it. Right. So are you, are you giving them ideas and thoughts about how to network? Mm-hmm. Sorry. Cause you're really working both sides of the fence. Yes. Aren't you? Yes. We call it a full desk. A full desk. Say more about that. Okay. So if you're, since I work on permanent placements, right. I work both with the client and the candidate. Gotcha. So I do both. So I'm marketing and I'm and I'm sourcing. Right. All day long. Wow. Yeah. So you got to so you got to be building relationships with people who ultimately would be good candidates mm-hmm. for companies that don't have openings yet. Mm-hmm. And then you got to be work, building relationships with people who don't have openings yet, but when yep. they do, you want them to call you. Me first. Wow, that's uh that ain't that ain't easy. Well, and I will tell you something though. Here's something beautiful. This just happened today. Um, I placed a young lady in an audit department almost five years ago. Nobody would look at her because she didn't have any experience. And I convinced the director to hire her, and it, he tells me to this day that that was one of his best hires. So I've watched her career grow, and now she's an audit manager for a very very large company. Hmm. Audit manager in five years. Wow. And I get to watch that. So now she went from, from being my candidate to my client. Right. She's like, Casey, I need you to find me somebody. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, 
That's amazing, you know, because so many jobs are are filled through networks. Yes. You know, uh, and I mean, I get people contacting me all the time, asking them to help them, you know, get a job or something. I mean, actually, one of my great stories is um, my medical director had his daughter-in-law who was a graduate of the University of Michigan. She worked in a bank for one year, mm-hmm. and then she owned a horse farm for 10 years, and she wanted to get into the pharmaceutical business. And so... And she wanted to do it in a specific small town in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And so she calls me and she says, nobody's going to read. Nobody's returning my calls. And I said, well, then I can return your calls because you're not qualified. And I said, uh, but I think I can get you an interview. So she gave me the name of the company that had an opening. I called my college roommate <laughs> whose uh, stepdaughter was the national sales director for that thing. And I said, uh, April. This woman is not qualified, but I can promise you she'll be a rock star. Everything that she's learned in running that business is what it takes to be successful in our business. And so she got the interview, got the job. First three years there, she was there, she was President's Club, and then she's gone on to two or three jobs and four or five promotions you know, since then. But she would never have gotten that job if she didn't actually have a, have a contact. Yep. So do, do people understand the value of a relationship with a recruiter that are that – are, you know, employed, but I mean, it's these days, nobody's guaranteed employment. No, no. And, and one of the things that we're really seeing right now are people are changing jobs more often. Right. So that's a problem too. And, you know, we offer a guarantee that this person's going to stay there for a certain length of time. Um, but no, that's fully lost my train of thought there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to know, uh, because this is, it, it, this is so important. How do you go about selecting somebody to be on your team? You know what? This is probably my favorite part of the job is finding those people to be on my team. Um, I do not look for traditional people. Um, I look for, when I'm looking at LinkedIn or something like that, I'm looking for somebody that worked during college that was probably a bartender or a server during college because those people have a servant's heart and they deal with people, Right. right? I'm looking for somebody that's got volunteer work on their LinkedIn. And I'm looking, and I want to know what their passions are. Just like you asked me, which is so funny, I want to know what their passions are outside of work. I don't really care about the rest of the stuff because I can teach anybody to recruit, right? Right. But I can't teach passion. Right. You have to have that. And so I want to know, did you play sports? How did you like your coach? Right. You know, these are all the questions that I ask. I ask very little about experience when it comes to, like, professional experience. Right. So... And then one other thing that I do is I have an assessment that I give that I love, love, love. That's the one I took? Yes. But I, can I be a recruiter? You could be a great recruiter. <laughs> I told you I sent you that comparison you of the two of us. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, so I've benchmarked my top performers on the, the external and internal wiring that would be help someone be successful in this role. Right. And I use it's not the only thing I use, but I do use that to select because – I think people can tell you the right stuff, and I, and I think I'm pretty good about gauging whether somebody's going to enjoy recruiting or not. Um, but you can still miss something, right? right? They can still pretend. And so this kind of – it has a 95% accuracy, and so it helps me to see just at another level about, you know, the internal wiring for this person. Right. So I think I told you the story about when I took the test, right? No. Okay. 
So, of course, I'm the guinea pig, right? Because I'm exploring all these different tools for hiring. And I took the test and I was talking to the consultant that was interpreting the results. And he's like, so you have external behaviors. That's that first quadrant, right? Are you competitive? Are you cooperative, communicative, all that kind of stuff? Are you passive or active? Are you um, people or task? And then the last section, there's like seven or eight of them. That's your realistic, your, I can't remember what, artistic, creative, all that kind of stuff. That's your internal wiring. That's who you are at the core, right? right? And so if you're looking at an accountant, you want somebody who's got that realistic side that's high in that realistic and probably high in that conventionalism. And I am none of those. Like my conventionalism is like 5%, you know? And so he was going through this and he says, just because you're not wired to do something doesn't mean you can't be good at it. It just means you're probably not going to find a lot of satisfaction in life. And, and he starts interpreting my results and talking about how I needed to be enterprising. I needed the big picture. I'm hard charging. I'm like, get out of my way. I'm going to get this done, that kind of type person, and, but still very loyal to people. Right. So I'm, I'm highly competitive, but I'm competitive as a team. I want right. the entire team to win, not just me. Gotcha. Right. So after he told me all this, I said to him, I said, Did, would it like interest you to know that I was in accounting for 20 years? And he goes, he fell over laughing. He was like, case in point. You can do something you're not wired to do. And I was like, okay. But, but what I hear you say, though, is that you, you're looking for something that's, that's not, you know, so in, uh, explicitly work-related. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things that, you know, I, I was the district manager for, for eight years, mm-hmm. and I hired 20 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and in, the, in the industry that I came in, almost everybody wants to hire somebody with experience. I hired 20 people in eight years, and I hired one person with experience. I hired 19 people who had no experience whatsoever in my industry. Now, of those 19 people, uh, of the 20 people that I hired in eight years, uh, 19 were in the top 8% of the company within two years. Oh, wow. Now, this was 650 salespeople, so they were in the top 50. The only one that wasn't, I fired after three weeks. <laughs> so if you stayed with me longer than a month, you were guaranteed to be in the top 8%. Now, what's interesting is if I force rank this group of people Mm -hmm. and I looked at the one person who had sales experience in the industry that I hired, he would be number 18. That is interesting. Yeah, but 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 what it's but but I was looking for the same things you're looking for. I'm looking for people who put themselves through college, you know, who did extracurricular activities, Mm -hmm. who were obviously energetic, enthusiastic, likable uh, passionate, hard work, and had demonstrated those things, yep. you know, before. Uh, the other thing that you that you said uh, earlier about your sort of transformation in the, in the business was was about you learning how important it was for you just to be you. Mm-hmm. Can you say more about that? Because I love that. So, one of the things that I think was so interesting, and what I shared with you prior to us coming on, was the fact that. You know, I was being recruited by recruiters for right. accounting, and that's how I ended up in the recruiting world, which is I should have been here my entire life, I will tell you that. Um, but I was being recruited by recruiters, and I did not feel valuable. I felt like the dollar, like we were talking about earlier. I did not feel valuable at all. I felt like I was just a number, and like they they didn't care. that You know, when people are going through any kind of transition, any kind of transition in life, but especially a job move, that's an emotional time. And if right. you're unemployed, which I was – that becomes even more emotional. Right. And I feel like as a recruiter, it is our job to not just find you a job, but to deal with that emotional side as well. So when I started recruiting, I decided that I was going to be the recruiter for my candidates 
that I wanted for me. Right. I wanted to be that recruiter to them. And I tell every single one of them when I meet with them, my candidates, I'm like, if I do something that you don't like, tell me. Right. Hold me accountable. That's right. how I get better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's amazing. You know, the first person I ever hired, um, when I went out to work with him the first time, and he was completely unqualified. Uh, but I, but the, And I turned him down uh, the first time. And then the day after I turned him down, I got five letters, one from the governor of Alabama, one from the president of Auburn University, one from the biggest customer he would have, and two other letters. And all of them said functionally the same thing. You're a moron if you don't hire this guy. Oh, wow. So I hired him, and he flunked the test. We gave a test. Mm-hmm. He flunked that test. My boss still let me hire him. He went to home office. He flunked that test. And, you know, they, I made him give it to him again, and he made a 70 on it and passed. And he came back, and I worked with him for four days. And the four days I worked with him, at the end of every call, which I made the calls because I was trying to show him, mm-hmm. right, he would say this to me, I can't do that. And I'd say, what do you mean you can't do that? He said, that's not my style. And I said, you have no style. <laughs> I'm here to give you style. That's my job. Right. And it, literally, he would not make a call. And so – I got so frustrated that on the last day I said to him, I said, I never contemplated that the first person I hired would be so difficult to deal with. I mean, you don't know anything about this business. You work with someone who's been wildly successful, and you don't listen to a thing I say. He said, look, I keep telling you that's not my style. So I said, all right, well, now my, 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 what I'm, the conversation I'm having with myself is i got to fire this guy. Right. Right? And so I said, don't call me for a week. He said, what do you want me to do while you're gone? I said, well, we just launched this product. And I was leading the nation in mm-hmm. sales with an, my average rep was doing 5000 a month. And we were number one. I said, well, we got this new product. Why don't you go try and see if you can get some people to buy it? So he calls me the next Friday. And he, he says this to me. What do you mean to do with these orders? Uh-huh. I said, what orders are you talking about? He said, uh, you know, these orders. You told me to get these orders. I got these orders. I said, well, how much is it? He said, $26,000. In a week. In a week. And my People were averaging 5000 a month. And you know what I said to him? I like your style. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what, but what, but what it, was, it, was, it was fate for me because what he, what he was saying to me really wasn't, I'm, that's not my style. What he was saying was, let me be me. Yeah. Let me be. And, and, and for, as a young manager, to, to, under, to understand that it's not my job to teach you how to be me. It's my job to let you be your best you. Right. And let me teach you sort of the, the fundamentals of what it takes to be successful. So I, so go ahead. I was just going to say that's exactly what I teach my team. I say, you know, use my voice for now. Use my style. But you're going to find your own. Right. You're going to find what works for you. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. It, yeah. Which is something we weren't allowed to do before. Exactly. So I yeah. love that. But I, but, I, but I loved your story because it was so similar to mine. Yeah. You know, where, but for me it was a huge management lesson. You know, it was, it was that. I, I don't need to t- teach a, a, a woman who taught ele- uh, fifth grade math for 11 years to be me. I need to let her be her best you know, self. So what are the three or four qualities of people that are great in your business, if you had to list them? I would say the first thing is probably, I don't want to call it persistence, but dedication. Right. So the ones that you see that are successful are not the ones that are all about the happy hours, which we have to do a lot of in our job for me. Um, it's not the, you know, lunches that you're taking clients to. It's the ones that are getting in the office. You know, they're planned. They know who they're going to call that day. 
and they're there and they're ready to go first thing and they're focused on what they're doing. Um, secondly, I think that those that are networked and networking mm-hmm. are very successful. You know, you can see a difference between – it's so funny because my um, – Groots. I, d- I told you that's what my team was, right? Groots. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which stands for greatest recruiter of our <laughs> times. They're awesome. But um, so when I talk to them and um, about networking, that's what I try to get them to do because they're like, one of my guys, he's like, you know everybody, Casey. I'm like, not everybody. There's some people out there I don't know. Go find them. Right. You know, but he's, he's like, you know everybody. And that's only because I've been in the business for so long. But it's also because – I go out and I talk to people all the time. Can I tell you a quick story? Do we sure, have time? No, sure, sure. I'm so big on networking. I talk to everybody, right? Planes, trains, and automobiles. That's what I call it when I do my lunch and learn for the team. And so I was, I'm afraid to fly. Did I tell you that? No. I'm afraid to fly. I used to be. I'm getting better. But so whenever I would fly by myself, I would quickly tell the person next to me, if I grab you in the middle of the flight, because I'm going to, I, I'm not coming on to you, okay? <laughs> I promise you, I'm not coming on to you. I'm just, I'm scared. Right. I, I really get that scared. And so this guy turns around this one time and he looks at me and he goes, Casey, this is, he goes, I, after I told him my name, he goes, I'll just talk to you the whole time and you won't be scared at all. And I said, okay. And so he talked to me and he said, I have a story to tell you. He told me his story. And do you know who I met that day? Mm. The key witness, the only witness to the Oklahoma City bombing. Is that right? Yes. Wow. Yes. That's he, amazing. He is the reason that Timothy McVeigh was identified. Golly, it's then amazing. it gets better. He says, hey, my CEO's sitting right behind me. I want you to meet him. I was like, okay. So I met him. They have turned into one of my best clients. I've placed his son twice wow. in accounting. So, I mean, that's why you just have to talk. You have to talk to everybody. Yeah. And don't be afraid. Well, you know, I tell people all the time that two things you need to be successful is, number one, is a network. Because mm-hmm. if you don't have a network, then you can be great and nobody knows about it. Right. And the second thing is you got to be great at what you do. Because if you're great at what you do, then you got a whole network of people that can help you be successful. If you're great and you have no network, you still have nothing. Exactly. If you got a great network and you suck at what you do, you got nothing. Uh, last question. I want you to talk a little bit about your goal, your goals journal, which I am going to get <laughs> tomorrow. But I, I just, I just loved it. I mean, you know, I, I have a whole virtual training program on goal setting i've done it i know and uh and and goals are really really big to me i mean mm-hmm. they were the thing that changed my life uh because like you i was unemployed uh, for a while I've, i got fired you know I, I did i didn't the company didn't quit i just they quit on me and uh and it is an emotional and, and a difficult time but if i didn't have this goal setting system i i, I would be in trouble but I love the way you formalized it with this goals journal. So could you talk a little bit about that? I would love to. This is like my favorite subject. So I am huge on goals and I don't think I really knew why I started with, um, kind of started with, I read the five second or the five second rule. If you haven't read that, it's a great book. Very good. Um, but I started with that, starting with setting goals. And then I started realizing, you know, I've got some pretty big goals that this new company has for me. You know, I've got to hire five people by the end of the year and I got to get them trained. I got to get them up and billing. I, and, and, and I'm still running a full desk. I'm still producing. Right. That's half my job. So, and, and I have to be a top producer cause I don't like to be a low producer. Right. And so I thought I need a way to really capture my goals and systematically attack them. Right. And 
I started looking into journals and all these, you know, planners and stuff like that. And I just really wasn't finding what I wanted. And then I stumbled upon this journal that I'm using now that I showed you. It's called the Self Journal, S-E-L-F Journal. Um, and it's amazing. And, and you have to be dedicated to it. It's a 13-week goal journal. Um, you have, you set out your major goals and it takes time. You've got to really put some thought into what your major goals are. Right. And then you got to baby step them back, you know, to monthly, weekly, daily. What's it going to take to get there? But once you do that, you're like, oh, this isn't so hard. Right. And then there's a place for a monthly to summarize. Weekly, you summarize what were your biggest wins, what were your lessons that you learned. But then daily is what I really love. So I journal twice a day. I'm kind of weird about that. But I start each morning off. There's a section for what are you grateful for? And I think it's so important to start your day with gratitude because it puts put your head in the right place, right? Um, but there's also a space for you to um, talk about, um, put your uh, day in order as far as your schedule, you know, right. like six, seven, eight o'clock. And I love what they talk about. There's a lot of science if you go look at their website and look at their video. Um, they talk about zero space. Really plan your day. That's important. And I'm telling you, I do not feel good unless I put my day in order in the morning now. Mm. Um little notes section for you to put get those thoughts out of your head that bother all of us that we can't seem to focus on one because we're focusing on so many right and then what are your goals for the day and what are your targets so that's the that's the morning section and then in the evening you come back to your journal what are you grateful for tonight you should have at least one thing you're grateful for something good happened in your day right what what lesson did you learn today and then what were your wins did, did you hit your goals did you hit your targets right so it's really, I am halfway through this first journal. I will be getting another one. Um, and I can tell you, I am on track for my goals. Wow. Yeah. Well, Casey Haston, you are a force of nature. That is unbelievable. And I am so glad that you agreed to be a guest on our show. I'm going to, honestly, I, I do this at every show as I try and recap the, the most important things that people said. And yours is the longest list I've ever had. <laughs> uh, and I've done 33 or 34 of these shows. Uh but I, I love your your idea of disconnecting from work. I mean, I, I, I'm not good at that. And I need that's something I need to get better at because I'm and I get accused by my wife all the time of not, you know, being of being too connected to work. And and she's 100 percent right. Uh, I hope she doesn't listen to this, though. <laughs> uh, but uh, the other thing I loved was that you don't look for traditional people when you're hiring. You really, you really look at sort of what's inside of them and what they've done in the past and if they have the kind of passion, the dedication, and the commitment to excellence that you're looking for because you know you can teach them, you know, the ins and outs of, of, of your business. And that's exactly the way, you know, I approached it when I was uh, a, a sales leader. Um, you use the self-assessment. Now, I will tell you, uh, this is a big mistake I made. The last two people I hired, I did not assess them. And I have an assessment that I use. I actually developed my own assessment for how do you can you you can tell whether you can build a valuable business relationship or not. And I'm introducing it here in about a month. Oh, can I be a guinea pig? Yeah, and so I'd be happy to let you. And uh, but but I have another assessment, disc executive assessment, and it, and I look for three things. I look for sense of urgency. Mm -hmm. I look for competitiveness, and I look for ability to interact with other people. And if you don't score in the 90th percentile of those, I don't hire you. The last two people I hired, I did not test, and they cost me a half a million dollars. Oof. So, you know, discipline is a really important part of being successful and having a process that you actually use. Um, 
When you talked about, you know, keys to success, you talked about dedication and being great at networking. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I, don't, I don't care what business you're in. You know, I, I went and talked to a university, and I said, you know, does that diploma guarantee your success? And they said, no. And I said, well, let me tell you what, you, you need three things. You need to be able to set goals. You need to be able to build relationships, business relationships, mm-hmm. not, you know, I, I got a gazillion friends on Facebook. And you need people that are persuasive. And if you have those three things, you can be successful. That diploma don't guarantee it. It didn't guarantee it for me. Um, your five second rule. I've got to read that book. I mean, I, I don't. I, I have never heard of it. And Mel Robbins. Mel Robbins. Well, I know who Mel Robbins She's is. She's amazing. She is amazing. And then there, your self journal, which mm-hmm. I think is uh, hopefully everybody takes away. The the thing though that's so important about the journal is that it isn't the journal that makes you successful. Correct. It's the time and the dedication and the discipline that you use uh, to put in put into it. And then the last thing I, I wanna remind people that you said, which I think is super important, is start your day with gratitude. Um, you know, when when you when you have that when you have a um, positive way to begin your day and know that you have so much to be thankful for and you think about that you got a far better chance of doing what i want you to do which is always be what you are which is incredible thank you for tuning in today i hope you enjoyed today's show where we met yet another incredible person as a thank you for listening i want to extend a special offer i want to give you 50 percent off of jerry acuff bt because I want to help you be incredible. Head over to jerryacuffvt.com and use the code JAVT50OFF at the checkout and accelerate your path to finding your greatness. You're listening to RNCN, the digital destination for premium talk radio.